Welcome to the original and the best Power Hour with Alex Burr and Dylan Hughes, members and podcast of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Running Hooks Basketball Power Hour. I'm Alex Burr, joined once again by my great friend and co-host, J.D. Hall. Later in this episode, you'll be hearing from Dylan Hughes. Um, Dylan Hughes talking about the Orlando Magic. J.D. will also have thoughts on the Orlando Magic, but they'll be... Um, this, this episode will be kind of a different experience. You know, we'll be our thoughts will be kind of separated in a sense. Mine won't be. J.D.'s and Dylan's will be. It, it'll be interesting. Leave your feedback um, at Bryce Shaddy on Twitter. You know, if you have any feedback, tell him... Tell him how much you hate him if you have any feedback. Yeah, but, screw Bryce Shaddy. No one likes him. JD, um, her, for your curveball, in the tradition of throwing a curveball when you expect a fastball. Sorry, I forgot my preamble there for a second. I'm very sleep deprived. Um, I feel like I should give you a chance to talk about your guy, Wilson Contreras. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think he's your guy anymore. Leaving for St. Louis. I didn't I didn't I didn't show you, but Zach and um Caleb know. I unfollowed him and he's no longer my favorite player. I mean understandable. Under understandable. I, scale of one to ten, how much did this hurt? A thousand. Wow. It, just ex- explain, because we haven't talked much about Wilson Contreras on this episode. Explain why this one hurt. I mean, granted, when you met me, he was already my favorite player. And we won the championship that year. And I always felt he was the best catcher in baseball. Like, screw the hitting. We know he got, we know he's a freaking long ball. But just hitting, he's a good hitter. But... The cannon that he has to throw anybody out. I've never saw a better duo than Hillman Javi Baez on just connecting on throwing guys out and ball placement for the tags. Like, I don't think there's anybody better than Wilson Contreras, and I don't think it's a better um, recipient than being able to throw it to Javier Baez. So, I thought that we was going to build our future around those two. Those were our all-stars. And once again, Contreras was an all-star, and we we lost him. And for him to go to – A.B., can I cuss? Go ahead. For him to go to the fucking Cardinals. Of all teams, like, I'm sorry, go play with your brother in Atlanta. Go to Houston. They wanted you. The champs wanted you. Go somewhere that, like, losing you is going to stink. But, gosh, you went to our rivals. Like, them and, and the Brewers or the Dodgers or the Yankees. Any of those teams, it's a shot to the heart. And for him to go to the one that we see the most – the, the hatred is real. I, I I hate every bird that's red. Like, I, I love DeAndre Hopkins, but I hate that he played for a team called the Cardinals. <laughs> He's my favorite wide receiver. I hate that he played for the Arizona Cardinals because it's a Cardinal. I hate every bird that's red. And he went to the St. Louis car. I, you know, I always wanted to go to St. Louis. Growing up, Nelly was one of my favorite rappers. And you know what I hate the most? The fact that the Cardinals is in St. Louis. I kind of don't want to go no more. Wow. I, I had to stop. Whenever Nelly has on a, a St. Louis Cardinals hat, you know, I actually don't look at the TV screen. I just listen to the song. The hatred is real. And he went to them of all places. And I just feel like he knew what he was doing. Business is business. Could have handled your business better. It was a personal attack to me. It was personal. I feel very bad for exploiting your um, Wilson Contreras trauma for content, but 
you you did a great job and I, i'm sorry that this had to happen to you i hope that um paul goldschmidt and nolan arenado go to the cubs in free agency someday that'll really show them right no because i already hate them for playing for the cardinals but, and to be fair this did already kind of happen once i mean not to the same extent because i don't think they cared the same way but well, jason hayward jason did. hayward <laughs> and yeah. jason hayward underrated part of that championship team i feel like if there's a player i i think there's two guys that are hated on from that championship team it's chapman who deserved it chapman almost blew it a couple times and then Hayward, who didn't deserve it. Hayward was really good in 15, and then Chapman was the one. <laughs> if Chapman had his way, the Cubs, the Cleveland Indians were the 2016 World Series champions, but he didn't. So, um, JD, there is basketball to talk about. The only real injury, we got to talk about the Suns' um, ownership changing hands, but we'll talk about that in the Suns section. Mm-hmm. Um, the only real injury news I think that's relevant is that Anthony Davis, it appears he suffered a stress fracture in his foot. Yeah. And who knows when he's going to be back. They're saying he's going to miss a month. I, I don't think. I think a month is generous. He was playing so great. Dominator. I, I think he was probably not first team all NBA. Well, he was probably a contender for it. It was him was or Jokic, contender. I think. Yeah, he was a contender. I think him or Jokic was probably first team all NBA for the center spot. And now you wipe him off the board and Embiid slides right back in because Embiid wasn't playing that great to start the year. Now he's finally back to form. But JD, like, is the Lakers season just done now? Yeah. There's no way they could survive or go anywhere, do anything without him. He was their best player. Let's see. So Anthony Davis for the season. Was at 27 points a game. Jeez. <laughs> 27, 12, two blocks, a steal, shooting 59% from the field. He cut out all the threes. His lowest three points, his lowest three pointers attempted since his third season. Yeah, I mean, this. AB, one thing that me and you talked about, he was back being a double double machine. That was the biggest thing. He was back being a double-double machine. And, you know, I, I hate that I'm about to do this, but I got to do this. A.B., you know, people love to try to debate with me, right? Random debates. You know, somebody tried to argue with me saying LeBron is top 10 right now. Like, in the league right now. And I say, I, I round it off. Nine players without a thought. Nine players without a thought. Failing to mention guys like Book, Dane, Jimmy. Guys that you can make real cases for. But I named nine right off the bat without a thought. And I was like, are we arguing for a guy who get numbers, but they equate to nothing. I don't think that necessarily makes you a top 10 guy when your numbers don't represent wins. If the impact don't equal the wins, then I'm sorry. I can't take you as a top 10 guy. I think he top 15, obviously. Top 20, obviously. But top 10, I think that's the cream of the crop right there. Well, we know if they put up this amount, it's almost a lot for them to win. We know for a fact if Anthony Davis put up 30 and 15, which he had went on the street doing, we knew that the Lakers was going to win. It didn't matter what LeBron or Westbrook did. Because this is what we start seeing. 30 and 15, the Lakers win. What They went on a four-game win streak. It was like a four-game win streak. He averaged 30 and 15. We know for a fact if Giannis get 30 and 12 that Milwaukee's going to win. We know if Paul George and Kawhi is on the court together and put up 25, the Clippers win. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, if they both go for 30, they haven't lost in their career together. Going for 30. If Steph and Clay could bound for 10 threes, 
we know for a fact Golden State nine times out of ten is going to win. It's certain things that you just lock in as a duo and as individuals. LeBron not a lock in for 30 points meaning a win. We know in Russell Westbrook's career, if he get a triple-double, he's likely to win on that team. It's not many nights where Russell Westbrook get a triple-double and his teams lose. The impact must add to winning. If it's not, it's empty stats. And I don't take away from his greatness because his longevity doing what he's doing is amazing. But I don't want to put him in the top 10 just because his numbers look good. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong there. I I was thinking of a top 10 because I also came up with a top 10 tank for this podcast that involves a certain player on a certain team. In the mm-hmm. Western Conference, mm-hmm. um, you know where I'm going with that. I mean, it was I kind of let it. I kind of made it very obvious, and LeBron wasn't in my top ten. Um, now, granted, I don't right now. I don't have Kawhi in my top ten either, but that's probably going to change. Me either. Like, just because Kawhi is my favorite player, and you know, I'm very strict on Kawhi. If nobody who trashed him the most in 2020. I'm very hard on Kawhi. He's, I have not, faith in, he's not even a top 15 player right now. I have faith in Kawhi, though. We'll talk more about Kawhi when we get to Clippers week. But LeBron, I'm not going to say they're empty numbers because he's, in a sense, you know, if you can get to 27 a game, like 23 a game, right? Like prime Monte Ellis was I, I think Monte Ellis, I think you would agree with this. Really good player. When he was putting up like 25, 26 a game, you knew that was fake because you knew if you stuck an elite defender on him in the playoffs, he wasn't going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. I have faith if I stick a, an elite defender on LeBron in the playoffs, I think he could give me 20. Now, the rest of his game is falling apart as we speak. The shooting from last year was a, was fake. We can see that clearly. Um, he's rebounding again. He's going to have to average like 10 rebounds a game now. Yeah. His team has no size. Well, I'm I, sorry. Thomas Bryan is not going to get the job done. No. And this is just a tough ask. I like they're they're already 13th in the conference. The Thunder are ahead of them. Like, let's, let's pull up the standings real quick. So the Thunder, I think, are a half game ahead of them. The Warriors are two games ahead of them. Like, JD, it's not like this team is, you know, it's not like this team is a piece away. This team is a lot of pieces away from being a good, like, solid playoff team. Yeah. What are they going to do now that they're missing their best player? And he's been their best player this year. We've been waiting for AD to turn on that switch and be their best player. He's finally been that. And he can't, like, it's so frustrating that he can't even stay healthy and be their best player. I, I think Golden State and LA are going to fall. Like, I think Golden State, by the way, um, Steph said he might miss a, more than a couple of weeks after Christmas. He said originally it was just going to be like two, three weeks. It might be even longer than that, JD. And if yeah, he's I, out, I read that it was going to be at least a month. If he's out a month, now they're getting Wiggins back, which is going to help. Wiggins, I think, missed most of that road trip. Yeah, he missed. I thought he missed the entire road trip, but the first. I'm game. pretty sure he did. I didn't want to say for sure without knowing. Um, I, I think the only one he was close to playing maybe it could have been the first game, but I think he missed the. Whole yeah, road Wiggins trip. hasn't played since December third in Houston. So, if Wiggins is back healthy again and. I think they'll like stabilize a little bit and like not be absolutely dreadful, but this is going to be good for a team like Oklahoma city. This is going to be good for Minnesota. This is going to be great for Minnesota. Um, this is going to be great for Utah. If Utah is trying to stay in the playoffs, which is terrible for them, but I think that it, it'll be interesting to see how the West shakes out because there's still a lot of games left, but we're already almost halfway through the season, JD. Yeah. This isn't like, you know, oh my gosh, look at where we are in the season. We're so, we're only, you know, 
20 games into the season. No, we're at the Jazz have already almost hit the halfway mark of the season. And we're bringing up the Jazz. I think the Jazz are at 35 games. And just looking at the schedule, you know, we're only we're less than a month away from January 15th, where most of the league can be traded. Yeah. And we're not very far from the all-star break. <laughs> so we're less than two months away from the all-star break. So it's going to be wild to see. Um, JD, are you ready to move on to the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, let's go. So the Phoenix Suns right now are 19 and 13. Good for fourth in the Western Conference. Um, They've kind of been in a tailspin. So I, I've, you weren't on. I've decided, JD, just do the last five games. I think it's just easier. Um, they started the last five games. They're on a four-game losing streak and lost to the Rockets, 97-111. to 111. They then beat the Clippers, 111-95, to 95, beat the Pelicans, 118-114, beat the Lakers, 130-104, to 104, and then lost to the Wizards, 113-110. Booker missed a lot of those games. I think the only games he played in of that stretch were the Clippers and Pelicans game. And we know what he did in that Pelicans game, which is a game I want to talk about. Um, but the Suns are kind of free falling, <laughs> but they did just make news. Um, they're the latest NBA team to sell. Matt Ishbia, who was on the Jason Richardson, Michigan State teams, um, sold. He bought the Suns and the Mercury. I, a key detail that a lot of um, media places are leaving out that he bought the Mercury as well. He bought them both for a combined $4 billion. So JD, I think it's great that Robert Sarver after a long reign of terror of ruining the Suns, uh, Let's talk about this. I think it's great that he's finally out of the league. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. Sarver. Just with all this stuff, all the reports that came out about Sarver, like you, I know you dislike the Suns, JD, but all the like racist reports, all the stuff that he was saying it to the, his players, to his employees, all the harassment lawsuits that were probably pending. I mean, JD, I think the Suns, I think that we might be in for another Balmer situation here. What what do you think? Do you think the Suns are going to be due for a transformation um, like the Clippers I, had with Balmer? I would hope so. I think it's pretty mandatory for them. Like, based off all the stuff with Sabra alone, and I think just a new... Just somebody that new energy provides light Versus the dark cloud that's been covering Phoenix. I think, I th- similar to the Clippers, very similar. I think that'll be best for them. Absolutely. Um, but on that note, I wanted to talk about that when we talked about the Suns because also we're at $4 billion now. <laughs> and I know the Mercury were a part of that, but still, it's buying two teams for $4 billion. That is a lot of money. It's a lot of scratch. Um, so shout out to Ishbia. Shout out to Jason Richardson um, for no reason in particular. Um, but JD, let's. we should talk about the Suns. They were the first seed for a little while. If we did this podcast, if we did the Suns like two weeks ago, they were the, we would have said, oh, the Suns are the first seed. Is it because Booker is injured? Who is the guy I was hinting at being a top 10 player. And we'll talk more about that in a second. Or do you think it's some other stuff why they're falling in the standings? There's other stuff. I don't think it's all based off of book. Honestly, no matter how great Devin Book is, that team is not meant to win. Chris Paul being one of my favorite point guards all time, I have to say, Chris Paul does not bring championship culture. He brings improvement, constant progression, but not championship culture. Jay Crowder, similar guy. 
They getting rid of Jay Crowder. Chris Paul not go get any better. I'm sorry, but he's not. DeAndre Aiden. <laughs> he has to go. I'm sorry. Gotta let him go. Get his ass out of there. It's a team that don't want to be together. Because one of the core guys who was drafted number one doesn't want to be there. It's obvious to everybody else. And the team feels it. So you got to understand they're going to butt heads. We just now seeing it in public. Hillman Money, Hillman Mikael Bridges. Who knew Mikael Bridges talked that much? You know what I'm saying? So imagine exactly. we, we imagine in the locker room what it's like on the on the on the bus uh, bus rides on the plane on the flights. Imagine the heat between those guys then. How we know some of these nights off is it because one of them got punched in the mouth? We don't know. And I'm sorry, but DeAndre Aiden, weak ass eight. He he's physically built to hurt somebody. <laughs> I call him weak ass because he plays weak in the paint to me. But he's physically built to hurt someone. I like Mikael Bridges and he's for Philly, so I think he's tough. But if DeAndre Aiden touch him, he's so small, he might he might break like his entire face. Like, this could be Bobby Porter's Nico Miritic or something, you know? Like, but both of these guys is part of your core. They're both part of your core. How do you move on with that? You can't. Do you go to Devin Booker and say, who do we keep? Because I wouldn't ask Chris Paul. His ass can't be there that long. What do you do? Y'all resigned DeAndre Aiden when y'all could have let him go. Yeah. So what do you do? They're in a situation where I feel like they screwed and I already hate them. So obviously I'm not going to be optimistic when I see nothing but chaos and turmoil surrounding everything that they're doing. It's, It's no way. Am I crazy? Or would Miles Turner have been a better fit for this team than DeAndre Ayton? Oh my gosh, I said that. Like, for one, he's playing more physical inside this year than he ever has in his life, which I think part of that is, you know, he doesn't have to be just a spacer anymore this year. He has space around him. And Miles Turner don't want to create his own shot like that. We starting to see DeAndre Ayton, he wants to create his own shot, but he... the way he play with Phoenix, he doesn't. And I think he refuses to because it's easier playing off of them. But every time he talks, it seems as if he wants to create his own shot. Miles Turner don't want to. He just want to put the ball in the rim. However, he could get it. Because we know he's not a guy that's going to get a lot of touches. So he wants to get it the way he wants. I mean, the way he can. DeAndre Aiden feel he should have the ball in his hands. So he wants the ball more. You you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. And then yeah. DeAndre Aiden is a DeAndre Aiden, as much as I get on him for his numbers not rebounding when when it means something, he'll walk a double double in the regular season. Miles Turner not doing that. But you also on a team in Phoenix where you got guys around that that solid rebounders. Bridges, Cam Johnson, uh, Chris Paul, Devin Book, they all are solid rebounders. It's not a team that that's gonna struggle rebounding because they lose DeAndre A. Miles Turner be in a situation where his defense is gonna complement that team in ways DeAndre Aiden doesn't, it's gonna create more rebounding opportunities. Not just for him, but for the guys around him. And this the best part because he can uh, stretch the floor. Devin Booker and Chris Paul get to go downhill a little bit more. 
I think it would have worked. I think they should have, you know, I, I forgot the three-team deal I had offered in the regular season. But to be completely honest, I, I still feel like if I was DeAndre Aiden, I would have tried to push my way to Portland. I mean, I, I'd love him in Portland. I would have I mean, tried to force my way to Portland. Here's here's my thing. Aiden loves that hook shot. He's fallen in love with that hook shot. He's okay at it. Like, you know how it is in the NBA today with all the rules around illegal defense. If you're not Akeem Olajuwon down there, you can't afford to be like hogging possessions in the post. It just isn't practical. And he, so 47% of his shots are at the rim, according to Clayton the Glass. Um, he's seven feet tall. <laughs> that number should be 55% at the very least. Now, 41% of his shots are between four and 14 feet. So like in the paint, but not past the free throw line. That little jump floater. Yeah. And what is he hitting on those shots? I'm sure it's something really good because he is, he has a very good touch. He's at 48% on those shots. However, he's shooting 84% at the rim. I'd sacrifice a few of those percentage points at the rim for more shots at the rim. You're bigger than everybody, and you're a freaking great athlete. Like, the problem is, is that I don't know if I'd I'd say soft, but I can see where you'd come to that conclusion where he's just bigger and stronger than everybody and just doesn't show it. And if you want to say he's soft, I mean, I can't really say no. <laughs> you know, it's like he just he could at like there are some strong centers, right? But like let's take a guy that we have, right? If he was playing Nick Claxton, is he backing that guy through the rim and dunking on him? No. No. Nick Claxton is a very good shot blocker, JD who I like a lot, but I don't think we'll have a whole lot of time to discuss how much, like how good he's been for them. Like, I think we'll mention him, but I don't think he's going to get like a whole lot of our time. Yeah. Nick Claxton, he, Nick Claxton, if DeAndre was doing what he could do, he couldn't stop him, but he doesn't do it. He's got a lot of potential on that side. And to be fair, he's still young relatively. He's still only 24. So there's the, like time to adapt his game. The problem is, is that at a certain point, you just get set in your ways. NBA careers, like for the best players, usually only last like, what, 12 years for the best guys. I mean, how often do guys last like 14, 15 years? It's a lot less common than you would think. Mm -hmm. So I don't. um, I don't think he needs to have a mentality change for me. Before I can, again, I'm not going to say soft, but I'm also not going to say you're wrong for calling him soft. Um, let's talk about Booker, though. <laughs> that 58 point game was a masterpiece. Yeah, He's, I hated it. JD, I'm going to say this for the Pelicans. I'm going to say this. Devin Booker is a superstar, and he doesn't do. I don't think he has any weaknesses. Do you do you disagree with this? Yeah, he can't defend. He's not a bad defender, though. He's not a good defender. But it's not like a oh my gosh, we're gonna pick on this guy every time. You can call on him. To I switch think they. He, I think they don't do it enough, honestly. That's fair, but I, I think the guy I'd pick on is the is CP. So fair, fair enough. We'll agree I mean, to disagree. I mean, I mean, Luca with and Bofo. He went at Cam Johnson mostly. On truth, if you remember that series, yeah, I felt like he was like, okay, come here, Cam, come here, Cam. We all know who he wasn't going at. Who, by the way, he's not having as good of a defensive year this year either. Yeah, I think maybe because he's having, yeah, Bridges. I think he's going for- more. Exactly. Um, but every time for that spot, I think if every time you get a shot up, you hit the cylinder, 
I just think you have to be discussed in like that rare era of shooting guards like McGrady, like Kobe. I'm not saying he's as good as those guys are, but he's as good of a scorer. Like he should be just talked about in that class. If he's get, if he gets the shot up, if you let him get the shot up, if you give him an inch of breathing room, JD, it's going to hit the cylinder at the very least. And if it's the cylinder, his touch, his touch is soft enough. It's, has a great chance of going in the basket. And if that's not a superstar at that two guard spot, I don't know what is. I'm not, I, I can't argue that. I think he's a superstar. I think he can win. Not with him being the best player. It's unless he can develop some defense. So, okay, who's better than him in the league? You want me to start naming them? Yeah, start naming them. I'll tell you if I agree or disagree. All right, I'm going to start at guards. Josh, Steph, Luke. Okay, agree. Uh, next up, I'm going. I, I, it's a toss-up between him and Dame to me. Uh, I'll give Dame the reputation, but this year I'll take Book. Like, I, I don't know who I would say, but then moving to the forts, I'm going Tatum. Okay. I, um, Zion. Um, Giannis and KD are obvious. Yeah, Giannis, KD. Um, who else? Are you taking LeBron over Book? Right now, no, hell no. Are you taking? So I'm guessing you're taking the three big guys over him in AD, Jokic, and and yeah, yeah. Okay. It's somebody I'm thinking of. Are you I'm taking not, are you taking I'm guessing are you taking Jimmy Butler over him? That's the one I, I, I say yes to. People will object it, but I say yes. I think right now they're on the same tier. Which I I'd favor Jimmy because of what he's done and his I, reputation. I, I favor him because of the defensive end. Well that too. I I think that Book is a scorer though, JD. So right now he's he's I, a pure he's a pure score. And let me say this: I will never take away from his scoring ability. But the thing for me is Jimmy aggression allows for him to put up high scoring numbers. And I think even though he might not be the pure score that Book is, Jimmy not going to let you put up the numbers Book will. So it kind of balances out to where, all right, when you look at everything else around the board, better rebounder, you can debate. Better passer, you can still debate. But the, the on the defensive end, I know for a fact, if I need a stop, I could count on Jimmy. If I need a bucket, I could count on Jimmy. Book, I know for a fact, if I need a bucket, I could count on Book. I can't count on him to get the stop. Now, is he just going to outscore you to the point where it doesn't matter? Yeah, he can have nights like that. But then you can argue, we saw Jimmy do the same thing to Boston. Single-handedly to Boston. Jimmy didn't lose to one player. He lost to a group of guys that showed up when it was Jimmy versus them. Devin Booker lost to Luka Doncic. The Phoenix Suns lost to Luka. They didn't lose to Dallas. They lost to Luka. Yeah. I mean, so well, and they me, lost the, and they so, lost the father time too. They relied way too much on Chris Paul in that series, but and the way Giannis dismantled them, he didn't do that to Miami. The different Giannis though. Giannis grew after that bubble series. Giannis I think grew. we Giannis Giannis grew after the bubble, even the year that they swept Miami. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Miami was depleted and Giannis had a great series. That's the year he won a championship, right? Well, that's 2021. Miami, that's 2021. Miami guarded him. 
Miami had the personnel to guard Giannis, and they allowed. Who was it? Who killed them in the first round that year? Someone did. Who else? It was Bryn Forbes. Remember, Bryn Forbes scored more points than Jimmy Butler that year. <laughs> Forbes had a moment. Middleton. Actually, a moment. it was, was they shooters. Like, they shooters had a great series. A moment. It was my, like, listen. Miami, Miami was tore up that ser- that that year from all that. But no lie, Milwaukee shooters lit them up. It was it was not close. But even still, we saw that year alone. Giannis he just looked like a force of nature versus Phoenix. And against Brooklyn and against Atlanta when he played, to be fair. I'll, I'll grant you that Bam is probably the best Giannis Carter in the league. He's second. The other guy isn't all the way healthy. I I give you that. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. We got to stop talking about him like it's 2019. He's he's not going to be that guy anymore. I mean, I, I love hey, him man. to death. We can say that till I see different. I don't know. Fair enough. Um, We should talk about Chris Paul. It's ugly. He's he can't even hit that nine foot fadeaway anymore. He's shooting thirty nine percent from the field. He's not even taking shots anymore. Um, he's still averaging nine assists a game. He's still doing annoying Chris Paul stuff. Like he's still doing the rip throughs. But JD, I don't. I think he's a backup now. As as crazy as it is to say. And now on that team, I would not start campaigning over him. Well, I think they need to find another guard. I think you could start. I think Book is good enough ball handler. Like play initiator. You could he could have initiate the play and it could come back to him. Like, here's the thing. They've been linked to like Eric Gordon for years. Yeah. I'd start Eric Gordon and Book and bring you can't you can't bench CP, right? But that's a lineup you could reasonably do and not like get killed. You could you know, start, you know, what they should have did, but they might go do it. Book Bridges, Crowder, Johnson, eight. Well, especially now that Crowder is not. Who knows when Crowder is going to play again? Yeah, like that <laughs> whole thing, that ship sailed. Yeah, that that ship, um, that ship's gone, long gone. Yeah, campaign is not very good. Landry Shamit, there's a reason why he's been passed around so many teams. Um, he's just not good. Like, he's a good shooter, but he's not a good ball handler. And there's just like he can't defend either. So like he's Landry Shaman is basically Brent Forbes. And then Akogi is like doing stuff for them, but not really. <laughs> Dylan complimented Akogi in the segment, like in the little pre-recorded thing you'll hear. Um but Cam Johnson missing time has really hurt them too, I think. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, he's probably one of the, I'd say, probably one of the 10 best shooters in the league. I don't think that's Man, unfair to say. I, I love every time he shoots the ball. He's, yeah. So him missing time just was going to be painful no matter what. Apparently, um, Apparently he's looking better and is on the track to coming back, but still, who knows when he's actually going to come back? This team, man, I'll tell you what. There's a guy they could have drafted in 2020 that they passed on, who's playing for the Pacers right now. <laughs> and I'm just saying, out all those teams that passed on Halliburton are regretting it to this day. Like they should, they should. And the Suns, I think, regret it the most because if they drafted Halliburton, they probably win the finals. 
it's not even like a joke. Like, if they have Halliburton to relieve Chris Paul, oh my god. But JD, um, just like I guess the last question is: Is there any small move they can make to get them out of this rut, or do they just have to start over? And just try to do something with Bridges and Booker. Because I think if you start over, those are the two you have to build around. I say start over. Like, what? It, it, trading DeAndre Aiden will not be a small move. That That's franchise. Because that's what they thought they was doing, building a franchise with him and Book. So, you essentially started over. So let's pull up their salaries because I know they have some not small ones. I know Saric is making like Saric. I know Chris Paul is making forty million, and which Saric he's not gonna, don't even play. So Chris Paul is making Chris Paul is actually not making that much. He's only making twenty eight compared compared to what I thought he was making. Um, Jay Crowder is making ten million. So whoever you get for him. Landry Shamit is making nine million. Jeez, I would not have paid him that much. So I don't know. Throw a first round pick with Shamit and Saric. Try to see if you can't get like Miles Turner. See if you can't get, you know, a starter. Like, I don't know, Tim Hardaway Jr. Someone, someone who can actually play. Someone who's like languishing on a bench somewhere. Like you brought up Christian Wood. I don't think Christian Wood would be terrible in a place like Phoenix. I know you probably don't want that for him, but like just looking at it basketball wise. You know who I think would be very good over there on the offensive end, but I would hate for him to be there. Who's that? Bobby Portis. Ooh, that would be good. I like that. I think Bobby on the offensive end thrives over there. Yeah, and defensively he's coming to his own, but I guess I think we're seeing like a jazz implosion here, but I don't think Booker's gone. I think Booker hopefully sticks this out and because I really think he's means a lot to that Phoenix community. And it would be like, I like one team guys, you know, and it it's nice to just have one team guys, you know, I hope yeah, that we don't got many of them no more. Exactly. So I hope he sticks around. We'll see, though. It's still early in his career. Um, Devin Booker, by the way, is due 62 million in 27, 28. I thought you should know that. Um, so he's getting paid like a top 10 player because I'm a bad host. Here is where. Dylan's thoughts on the Suns are going to go. So the Suns, you know, have been an interesting team this year. The West in general, just interesting. Okay. It's, I feel like the East is kind of starting to even the playing field here, at least with the powerhouses and Steph being out for the Warriors definitely makes that more true. But the Suns are not out of it. One game back from number one, Devin Booker with a really fun 58 points the other night. One interesting thing from that game, though, is that Devin Booker scored one point in the final six minutes. Okay? You know who won that game for the Phoenix Suns at the end? Chris Paul and Josh Akogi. Josh Akogi, our boy who I did not know was on the Suns until this week. So that just shows how much I'm paying attention to the 30 teams in the league. But Josh Kogi, who wasn't playing at the beginning of the season, is now filling that Jay Crowder role of just the wing defender guy that really makes things tough, you know, alongside Mikhail Bridges. And, and by the way, in that game – which was against the Pelicans. Akogi's had uh, zero field goals and seven points. So, like, he just got fouled a ton by getting effort rebounds. And I just love that guy on that team. And I've loved Akogi for years. Anyone that listens to this pod knows that. And 
Josh Okogie is the type of player I will always love. The guy that most people don't care about are the guys that I love. And Josh Okogie is one of those guys. So I'm, I'm more definitely more excited about the Suns moving forward now that they have a guy like that because Jay Crowder is just done. And there was a Mark Stein report earlier today that they, for some reason, turned down a trade with the Wizards that would be basically Crowder for Rui Hachimura and maybe some other stuff. And I don't know exactly why the Wizards wanted to do that, uh, considering they suck. But getting Rui, who is basically being cast out of the Wizards now because they just have so many good forwards. Rui's a guy I really like. I've talked to him for years, too. Him on the Suns would be awesome. I don't know why they turned that down, but this Suns team is definitely interesting. DeAndre Aiden just hates Monty Williams, and I don't get that. And they can't trade him this year, which, you know, so that question's out, but he will be gone after the season, I'm sure. But that uh, is something that could impact their season depending on how toxic that relationship might get. But anyway, I really like the Suns. So I'm interested to see how the rest of the season goes for them. Mikhail Bridge is still awesome. I want to say second best player so bad. But at, at times he is. At times he is. Are you ready to move on to the Brooklyn Nets? Let's go. Okay, so they did not sell their team this week. Um, the Nets actually haven't had any drama or controversy, including for number 11 in a while. Um, so they entered the last five games on a two game winning streak and they have not lost. So they're in a seven game winning streak right now. They're 20 and 12 fourth in the Eastern conference. If my math is right, I think they're like two and a half games out of first. Um, they beat the Pacers 136-133 in a game where none of their starters played and all the Pacers starters did. Blow it up for if you're the Pacers. Um, they beat the Wizards 112-100. to They beat the Raptors 119-116. to Beat the Pistons 124-121. And then beat the Warriors 143-113 in a game where they scored 91 points in the first half. Um, the third highest amount in NBA history for a half. Just... JD, I feel like this team needs to be taken seriously. Like we They should. We haven't talked about them a whole lot, you know, because we didn't know what to expect, but now we're here. Ben is playing, Kyrie's like finally, you know, we're going to put all that stuff behind us. <laughs> um and the Nets need to be taken seriously. KD is playing amazing. Kyrie's not necessarily where he was I think the last couple of years, but he's still really good. The Nets role players are playing Great for the most part. Nick Claxton, again, not going to get a huge in-depth shout-out, but he is playing like a... He's averaging 2.3 blocks a game. Jeez, I didn't even realize it was that much. Um, Joe Harris is back and shooting 38% from three. Um, Yuta Watanabe is playing great. TJ Warren, your favorite player. Um... <laughs> Back is, I like him over there, honestly. But in all seriousness, like this team has a lot of depth. They have a lot of guys. What, are, what were your thoughts watching the Nets this week? I really enjoy um, that they seem unselfish. Like nobody is letting the ball stick in their hands. And if they do, they actually attack it. Ben is being Ben again. And I think it's starting to look better and better. Um, the more time he get, I think the the better he will play. Kyrie is Kyrie, man. Outside of Steph and Job and Zion, best show in basketball. <laughs> Can't really put that many get names in there with his. Um, what can we say about Katie? You know, so I'm I'm a I'm a move over to a guy I feel like in a perfect role, <laughs> Royce O'Neal. I knew that's where you were going. Perfect role, Royce O'Neal. I didn't even know that sucker could pass the ball into this year. Never knew it. 
another guy, perfect role. And I can't wait for him to actually get healthier. Seth Curry. I don't got much to put on Nicholas Claster name. I still think he a baby. Uh, not a baby as in. Not like, like DeAndre Ayton? Yeah. I, I think it's just he he's still developing and going into his own. And I think once he can fulfill what his body will require to play big, I think then we'll see even more from him. I, I don't got much to say about him right now. I think he's just playing the best that he can. And some nights is real good. Some nights is like, okay, I can see why. Um, Who else? Why did Nabe got a clip? Yeah, he, he has. He has a clip. You know who misses him right now? Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he could he couldn't even shoot in Toronto. Since leaving Toronto, he has a clip. Um I don't know. I, I, I'm very optimistic about what they can do. As long as they keep coming together, I think we can see so much from that team. Because <laughs> right now they clicking. So on cleaning the glass, they have the fifth best offense. And the 11th best defense. That's a winning formula for them. Um, They're not going to be like, oh my gosh, this team is the 2004 Pistons. They're, they don't have Ben Wallace on this team. They don't have Rashid Wallace. They don't have, Ta- I mean, they have kind of a Tayshaun Prince. But other than that, they don't really have, you know, the ingredients for that team. What they do have, though, is Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Kevin Durant might be the MVP. If I was going to vote for MVP today, which it, you don't vote for MVP today, it's only 31 games into the season or 32 in the Nets case. But if you did vote for MVP today, I think Kevin Durant would be my MVP. Um, he's played the majority of the games. He's How many games are we at with Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant has played in 31 out of 32 games, which has been what we're, we've been asking for the last couple of years. Kyrie's played in 22 out of 32. You know, he obviously had the situation, but he's been healthy for the most part. Ben has had a little bit of injuries, but 22 games, that's pretty good. He's finding his groove again. I think lately he's been playing a lot better than he did to start the year. To start the year, he was borderline atrocious. This year, he's actually been, or to like lately, he's been playing like old Ben. And I think not having the ball in his hands as much has been good for him. But what I've liked about what they've done with Simmons is that they've thrown him the ball. Like they're giving him like post touches, mm-hmm. which fast I'm sure you, breaks. Fat, like fast break touches and post touches. And all the nets are cutting off of the post touches. And that's a good way to make up for the lack of spacing, especially when you have Claxton and Simmons out there. Exactly. This team is like a borderline. Like this team for sure could use Miles Turner, and this team will not get Miles Turner because they don't have any draft picks. Um, or I don't like. I don't think I'd give up Cam Thomas for Miles Turner. I don't know. I re- I'm really a big fan of Cam Thomas, so maybe I'm just different. If I was the Nets, I'd be like, here are all my young players. <laughs> give us because I don't think. The Nets just need someone who can guard Embiid and Giannis for like 20 minutes a game. Yeah, don't they gotta ha- be great defense. Just contain them from dominating the way that they can. I, I feel like, follow me down this road here. I feel like people took the wrong lessons from Grant Williams and Al Horford last year and P.J. Tucker in 2021. Because Giannis dominated the Celtics last year. And Katie dominated the Bucks in 2021. You you agree with both of those statements, right? Absolutely. But why was PJ Tucker and Grant Williams and Al Horford so necessary for those teams? It's because they were like, okay, we're getting cooked, but we can still contain them one on one and make their lives harder one on one. We don't need a double team. Just forcing tough shots. Exactly. We can still play four on four with the other guys. And 
the Nets, I don't think the Nets have that guy. Like, you could maybe make a like Giannis hates Ben Simmons and makes it a point to like humiliate him every time. Yeah, every time they go against each other, it will be fireworks. Exactly. So you could try to argue that Ben Simmons is that for Giannis, but it just isn't going to work. And then you know, obviously with Embiid and Simmons, I think Ben is so being so scared to get the fouls called on him versus Giannis. Unlike when he was in Philly, he guarded Giannis probably better than anybody outside of that that one guy. And one guy we're not naming. Yeah. Like outside of him, I think he was the best defender. But now because he has to play such a key role, like the difference is he knew that they could relieve him in Philly. Like they'll throw in bead on them. They'll put, you know, they they would try to put somebody else on them. They can't do that in Brooklyn. So he's terrified of those foul calls he could get. We knew for a fact in Philly, Ben was gonna walk to three or four fouls. Cause he's a aggressive defender. And in, in um Brooklyn, he's not being that aggressive defender. He he's he he's trying to be more methodical and practical on when he can try to make you know shake it up for the um offense. But by nature, he's a physical defender. He's a freaking physical dominant presence. So Basketball Reference has um the game logs, as you know. You know I look at those a lot, and. One of the features they have is like how many times, you know, like ze- like how many times Ben has scored zero to nine points 13 times, how many times he scored 10 to 19 points seven times, how many times he scored 20 to 29 points two times. How many times has Ben Simmons fouled zero times just once this year? How many times has he fouled one to two times just four times this year? How many times has he fouled three to four times this year? 12 times. How many times has he fouled just five times? One time. Now, how many times do you think Ben has fouled out this year? The thing is, I feel like I remember I said this early in the season. They was picking on him a lot with those fouls. So I'm going to go with. Give me. uh, Greater than or less than four. Uh, It was four. I thought so. It was four on the money. So I, I don't think you actually got it. But I'm gonna give it to you. <laughs> I thought I thought for I thought four, so I set that as my mean. Because if you said less than, I was going three. If you said more, I was going five. I'm gonna. I'll give it to you since you I said four. I knew. I remember two in the same week. I remember yeah. two in the same week, and then I remember one earlier before those, and then there was one after. And I think that's when he started realizing these refs go give me shit. Yeah, he um, he had a couple really good games where he did foul out, but it was listen, if he's aggressive, I think Katie and Claxton are going to be good enough at the end of games where if he fouls out, like, in the, so let's take the last time he fouled out, which was in November. Um, November against the Pacers. He played 35 minutes that game. I'll take my chances with Claxton and KD on the floor. Like, I know I'm missing the lockdown defense. Yeah. But it's going to be tough seeing. Um, I, I think that he's, I won't miss his defense as much. Let's just talk about KD real quick. Let's talk about KD real quick. And then I think we have to wrap it up. But KD. I think he, I, I brought out that he should be MVP. Did, I don't know if you saw that Washington game. I watched it this week. Um, <laughs> That man, like, we know all the KD moves at this point. But it's just like, when the ball's going in, man, there's just nothing you could do. Like, and he's averaging 30 points a game, 56% from the field. He's shooting 63% from two. 40, yeah. thir- or 36% from three, six uh, or six rebounds, five assists. JD, I feel like this man, I feel like he's the MVP. Not that I wouldn't say surefire MVP right now. He's got my vote. I think 
MVP is tough this year. MVP is tough. For the East, I'm I'm torn between him, Tatum, and Giannis. And then in the West, I got Ja. I want to say Zion. Zion missed time. So those are my four top guys. I'm I'm torn because they all got a great um, reason why they should be. So I'm pretty torn. One thing I like about KD, getting to the line like old KD, seven attempts a game. And here are where Dylan's thoughts on the Nets are going to go. Not very long, but Dylan always with cutting and incisive insight. The Nets. I don't have anything to say about the Nets, honestly. I, I enjoyed watching their defense more than their offense, which is really weird to say. But the reason why is because their offense is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and pretty much nothing else. There's, there's some Nick Claxton in there, you know. There's some Royce O'Neal. If you have Royce O'Neal and Nick Claxton on the court at the same time, you know that it's not going to be a super fun offense to watch. So I just did not enjoy watching their offense. It's a good offense because they have two of the best scorers of all time on the floor. But their defense is actually pretty interesting. Uh, you know, Claxton, it, I actually, the Nets are the leading shot blocking team in the league, which is pretty shocking. But they just have good effort. Nick Claxton is a really fun guy to watch on both ends, really. But defensively, he's kind of all over the place. Everyone else is just good effort. I mean, Royce O'Neal has obviously been a really good defender for years. So the Brooklyn Nets, you know, they're going to be up there. I, I definitely think where they're right now at fourth in the East is probably about right in the pecking order. I would take Cleveland, Boston, and Milwaukee over them. Philly, I just – Philly and Brooklyn are the same boat where I can't really trust them, I feel like. And that's namely the players on the team. So, we'll see. But I feel like they're going to be a second run out. Like, that's just the future I see for this Nets team. And, you know, Ben Simmons is – Kind of same old, same old. Good on defense, just kind of passive on offense. And there's with the Brooklyn Nets, there's nothing I don't expect. Anything? I think we're all good on the Nets. And JD, I want to thank you for joining me. Um, make sure you check out the whole show, Dylan. Also joined on this episode, which I'm sure you'll hear. I don't know exactly which sequence I'll put this in yet. I think I'm going to go ahead and just put this out on Monday. It's pretty late on Friday night. And, you know, it is Christmas coming up. JD, did you, are, are you wishing for the Bulls to, who are you wishing for the Bulls to trade this, uh, this Christmas? I don't know. Tony Bradley. Just Tony Bradley? You don't want them to trade Vooch? <laughs> No. You're the only Bulls fan I know who doesn't want them to trade Vooch. I love Vooch. They're going to trade Vooch. I I mean, let's be honest. The only reason... Look, Vooch is a steady cog when he gets the ball. Levine don't know how to pass him the ball. Oh, are you part of the Bulls contingent that's mad at Zach Levine? I'm not mad at him. I'm just saying Zach Levine didn't start off this year like he did last year, and he has not been a good passer this year. We just miss Lonzo too much. Yeah, the Bulls were, what, 27-16 and 16 without Lonzo, and they're playing like a 35-win team without Lonzo? Like, we just miss Lonzo way too much, and, and that that's all. There's it, it, no other reason to me. Um, make sure you check out JD. Uh, make sure you check out Facts and Stats. Um, JD, do you got anything good on Facts and Stats, or is it still just you, Doka? 
I'm, I'm that's that's what's out right now. I'm cooking up a bunch of things right now, trying to figure out the process and how I want to release them and the time span in between. Well, make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out Lynn Sanity with that one guy. He says I say his name too much, so I'm not going to say it. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> that one guy. Um, make sure you check out his his podcast. Um, he did a monologue this week because our friend Bryce Shaddy, who we um, who we insulted at the beginning of this episode. Um, our friend Bryce Shaddy had some scheduling conflicts this week. So make sure you at Bryce Shaddy and tell him how uh, how the other guy did. Say, hey, the other guy did terrible this week. Um, the other guy did great this week. JD, I know you probably, I don't know if you listened to it or not. How do you think the other guy did just based on me telling you it was a monologue? Um... I think he he's he carries Bryce anyway. So wow, you know, I, I agree to disagree. Bryce is a backpack kid, and make sure you check out Circle City Cinema. I was on two episodes a couple weeks ago. Um, I know Zach will be back with some more fire content soon. JD, thank you so much for joining me. Of course, my brother, and thank you all so much for listening.